All right, guys, welcome to Nothing is OB Golf Podcast. As usual, I am your host, Andrew Torres. Now, today I have two very special guests. I'm actually here at Mission Del Lago Golf Course, on site here at On Par Golf with uh, owner Ray Garza. And let me make sure I'm saying it correctly AJ Montessori? Montesino. Montesino. Okay, man, Montesino. All right, guys, how y'all doing today? Good. Doing well. Thanks, Thanks for, for having, having us, Andrew. Well, um, you threw me up for a little curveball today, Ray, uh, just because this morning, uh, normally I wake up and I just, I'm already dressed with the, the clothes the night before just because I know how bad I am at, with time in the morning. So uh, you told me that AJ was going to be on the show, and I said, uh, normally I'm a two-man show, you know, and I said, but I can't pass this up with, uh, you know, the career that, that you've had, AJ. So I, I could not pass up this opportunity. So uh, to start off with... Uh, AJ, why don't you tell us just a little bit uh, about you, uh, just uh, maybe, uh, you know, how you ended up here in San Antonio? Uh, well, I uh, was born in Chicago, um, and uh, lived there until I was six, and then Midland, Texas till I was 12, and California until I was 18. Um, so, big Bears fan, um, and then from, Cal- from, uh, from California, I was fortunate to get a scholarship to a predominantly black university which was Walter Payton's alma mater and uh, his brother, Eddie Payton, which was my coach in college. So I got to go to college at Jackson State University uh, on a scholarship when my parents couldn't afford to send me to junior college. So it was a huge blessing for me to get uh, a scholarship and and, uh, get to play golf in college and coach college golf after that uh, for two years in Alabama and then played a little bit professionally and then Bounced around, did some odds and ends here and there, and then uh, started caddying for my college teammate on the web.com in 2005, and then got an opportunity to go on the PGA Tour with Y.E. Yang in 2009, um, and uh, was with, and that's how I started caddying on the PGA Tour was 2009, and what led me here to San Antonio was basically uh, George Gervin is like a like family to me, and I met him in Michigan uh, through a mutual friend, uh, Doc Sims. And I had a week off and came here to San Antonio and was like trying to figure out where where, where my home would be. And uh, Ice told me, he said, you know, this is where you need to be. And so I prayed about it. And uh, the next night, the next day, actually, I met uh, I met a a guy that sold me my house that ended up being his his grandfather was my grandfather's brother that I never knew existed. Uh, so I, that night, I got to meet my great uncle for the first time uh, on his 89th birthday. So that was kind of confirmation that I should be here in San Antonio. Oh, Started wow. building the house, <laughs> and uh, I've been here since I've been here for 11 years. You love it, love right? It, love it here, man. All right, man. Uh, San Antonio has been my home for 21 years. Wow. I, I love it as well. And now, Ray, tell me a little bit about yourself and how you ended up here with On Par Golf. Sure. Well, just kind of. Backtrack a little bit and kind of give you some background. I was born and raised in the south side of San Antonio. Uh, uh, parents still live in the same house here on the south side. Uh, product of Harndale High School. Uh, had a lot of sports in my life early on. Uh, I was a baseball player and a golfer really, really young. Uh, played t-ball all the way through through high school, baseball. Uh, played football as well in middle school and high school, but passion was always in golf. Uh, so growing up, I always had a golf club in my hand, and, and I knew golf was, was my main sport. But uh, fortunately, I had a, a little bit of talent in some other sports. Uh, I was able to juggle all three uh, throughout up until high school. But 
I knew I knew college. Uh, I wanted to do golf uh, as my main sport, so uh, th- that was where my focus went to. And I was fortunate enough to have a strong enough golf game to get a scholarship to Texas Lutheran University uh, through only two years of high school golf. I actually started the high school program that exists today at Harndale High School. It didn't exist. Uh, I was playing golf on my own uh, through summer events and off-season events, but never organized golf until my junior and senior year. So uh, I was a little shortchanged in that aspect, but looking back, it was a great opportunity to start something that still exists today. Uh, and I went on to Texas Lutheran University, played uh, four years there collegiately, uh, had a lot of success. I really enjoyed all my time there. Uh, I capped off my senior year with uh, uh, a conference championship. And, uh, yeah, I was actually the player of the year amongst all sports at TOU in 2002. And uh, after college, I had aspirations to become a professional golfer, I think, just like a lot of collegiate golfers. But... Uh, Right off the bat, it, it it just wasn't in the cards yet. It cost a lot of money to, to to take on something like that. So I went into the workforce, went into insurance and banking, and uh, had had success there. And, and then as time went on, uh, me and my wife decided it was it was time for me to play a little golf. So in two thousand late two thousand eight, early two thousand nine, I started you know my full time golf career. Uh, I played for a handful of years. And I, I, I want to say I hung it up, but I, I played until 2011 full time, and kind of came to the conclusion that it's 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 difficult. It's, <laughs> it's very very it's, difficult. It's done. It's done playing. Yeah, so uh, great experience, and then that led me in, into coaching uh, and teaching at at, uh, at Harndale High School, the same school that you know, I ended up graduating from, and ended up being the head golf coach of the program that I started. Uh, that. You know, back in the in twenty, like a, 20 years ago, kind yeah, of like a full circle, full right? circle, yeah, made it made it back around. And uh, you know, golf has always been a strong passion, and, and giving back to the community and giving back to uh, golf in general, and especially focus on the youth uh, as well as adults who we work with. But uh, I, I think over the the seven years that I coached, I, I felt like it was just a stepping stone into something bigger, and I knew. Uh, you know, looking back with my grandfathers, both being entrepreneurs, my grandfather owned a welding shop. My other grandfather owned an auto mechanic shop. And uh, I, I think being an entrepreneur, having my own facility was something, you know, I kind of was bred to do. I, I had the opportunity to, to work every summer with them and, and just kind of see what it's like to, to have your own thing and do your own thing. And I knew that was a, a long-term goal. And the timing seemed to be right. And decided to uh, create something that uh, that you know didn't exist in this area, especially of, of San Antonio, and, and that's how our on park golf was born. Well, uh, I know in speaking to you yesterday, I know you said AJ is is been a big part of uh, your team, and you know he said one thing you, you said to me that stuck out yesterday is that uh, how businesses fail and how businesses succeed is you said it's a lot is the overhead is the, is the overhead and the cost. And, uh, luckily enough, it seems like yesterday, uh, and speaking to Ray is that AJ, you really want to be here. And, uh, just, and just kind of talking with you before, you know, I hadn't met you before, but I already kind of feel, uh, you know, you feel like you have a calling, you know, to the city and calling to this game of golf. Well, I mean, uh, golf is, uh, golf is something that is, uh, I'm very passionate about 
this is something that uh, I've had a desire to play. So, I mean, I, like, I, was like, I was like Ray. I played every sport growing up, um, and I didn't really fall in love with golf until I probably got 12, 13 years old. And I always wanted to play golf with my dad. And I remember him telling me, well, you're not good enough to play with me. I'm like, well, how, how do I get good? <laughs> Dang. You know, I wanted to play. I was, like, I was like, how do I get good? And so he took me to the, to the chipping and putting green as a kid. And he's like, this is how you get good. And he showed me, you know, what it, what it takes to put the work in. And so once he saw that I was serious, once he saw that I was out there every day, day in and day out, you know, from sun up to sundown, that's when he started to pour a lot of resources in me. And uh, golf has opened up so many doors in my life um, that, um, you know, I, I, I love to see the kids and the passion of the young kids and, you know, right along with Ray's vision. I, I once, he st once he posted what he was doing, I knew, I was like, I want to be involved with this. And Ray's, I knew Ray was wife before I knew Ray. She was my doctor here when I first got to San Antonio. So she, she a good doctor? She's okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she better not be listening. No, she was great. She's an awesome, um, really, really great person. And so I knew that Ray would be good people. Um, well, um, not not to cut you off here. Um, the thing is, one thing Ray said to me yesterday that really stood out is that he said that you've been Ray, you've been able to to bring people together. And you think that's one thing that's one of your strengths that you said that uh, you like to think you get the most out of your students and the most out of the people that, that you've been around in your circle. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. How are you able to do some things that maybe it's you – know, I'm, I'm a teacher. I'm a coach. <laughs> I was like, I, I want to know. I, I want to know why why AJ's drawn to you, why so many people in this community, uh, while, you know, the Alamo Golf Trail, why, why is everybody drawn to you? I, I really couldn't, you know, I think it's a lot of things. It's not just one specific thing. I think, first off, it's just a passion. Like, if you're around me and we're talking, I mean, I get excited about golf. I get excited about, first, helping people. Uh, and it's like I've told AJ, it's, it's never been about dollars and cents. It's been about making people feel appreciated, making people feel worth something. And I think that says a lot. I think just the respect that that earns. And then the background and everything that I've done to this point, and the respect I've shown everyone, and that's been reciprocated back to me. I, I think it's just a, a whole cluster of things that, that have set me apart from others where I feel like if, if I need someone to be there, they're going to be there because of just the person that I am. And, and I've always tried to do that. And I think if there's one person to, to really point out is my mom. Like My mom has always been the person that, you know, with all the success I've had and I've done through a lot of things, you know, from education to, you know, sports or whatever, she's always said, stay grounded, son. There's, there's, you have to be humble. You have to be appreciative. No one likes someone that, you know, is cocky or arrogant. And that's never been the type of person I've been. I, I'd give you the shirt off my back if I had to. You know, I think, and then that, it, it really just shows the kind of person I am. And I think people appreciate that and they want to surround themselves around people like that. So, you know, when I'm coaching, when I'm teaching, when I'm working with, you know, staff, I, I'm trying to lead by example. You know, you, you're either going to be a, a leader or a follower, and I, I, I'm, I can't follow. Like, I like to be the front runner, and I like to lead, and I'm not afraid to lead. And I think that's, that's something that people, you know, really can cling to and appreciate. And I think that's been one of the, the, the bigger things, you know, when you look at the whole picture is, is 
the fearlessness. Like, I'm not afraid. I, I left everything behind. I, I took a leap of faith. I left a full-time paycheck making a whole lot more money than I'm making right now. But that, you know, that's in time things can change. But that was just a leap of faith I wanted to take. I knew I knew we could make a difference. And I think people saw that and, and wanted to be a part of it, just like AJ and others, you know. So, And, and just the attention to detail I put in. I, I like things to be a certain way, and it's. I, I think it just it's appreciated, and people want to be around people that they want you know enjoy being around, and, and that's kind of the person I'm trying to be, and the leader I'm trying to be, and and the philosophy, and the and and the, the drive and the goal for Elm Park Office is to be a place that you know if you're a client <coughs> you want to be here, you want to be working with us because we have the best facilities, we have the best clients, are the best. Uh, staff we have the best technology we have the best regardless of where we're located we'll see and just in speaking to ray a little bit yesterday aj i i got this feeling i got goosebumps just talking to him i said because i was like i was like man i was like now i can see why people are gravitated to you now and, and just in, in speaking hearing you speak aj uh you know i kind of got that i'm not trying to compare you to anybody got that sean Foley, sean foley kind of vibe you know I got uh, somebody who went to a, a black college well, for we, golf. We, and, play, we played against each and, other. And, and, uh, I'm, oh, so you did. Yeah, I know I know fully well. And so I'm seeing, uh, you know, it. you kind of had that, you, you, maybe you put that, the you, you know, your, the, the shoe on the other foot, you know, where you were maybe a little bit at times the minority on campus. I mean, I, I describe it like, you know, I've, I've lived on both sides of racism. You know, I've, I've been on both sides and uh, I've seen it firsthand. It's sad it exists. Um, you know, when I look at people, I don't see color. Um, Coach Payton always told me, um, talent has no color. Um, and so being on the, on the south, you know, I live on the southwest side of San Antonio, which, you know, I know is kind of not the, the side I should be on. But I'm, I'm where God put me. And, uh, you know, my motto is just let go, let God be in control. And so that's kind of how I roll. And... I know I'm here for a reason, and you know when I'm when I'm on tour, I'm on tour. But when I'm off tour, you know I love being part of On Park Golf, and I love being the lead instructor, and I love working with Ray. I mean, he he has so many attributes that I don't, and I have so many attributes that he doesn't. Um, so I think it's a perfect fit for us, um, and you know I look forward to to see what God has in store. I mean, we 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 both have the passion to pour into kids and give them the best that we got. You know, I've been around this game a long time. I bring something different to the table than, than Ray brings to the table. And, um, you know, to give these kids the best of, of both worlds, I mean, if I was a parent, I'd, I'd definitely want my kid here. Well, being on the South, you know, we would call you Weddle. I don't know if they call you. I don't know if they call you that much. Well, yesterday I was at uh, at the Polo Grounds. I was at the consignment Ben shop, right? Oh, yeah. and, and so I'm there at Ben shop and um, getting he's working on one of my clubs and uh, some gentleman came in yesterday, and he was talking about he was talking about your your uh, on par golf, you know. And he was talking about, oh yeah, he's got a new setup and stuff like that. And I said, are you talking about Ray? You know, I talked to Ben, and Ben goes, oh, I don't know Ray. I don't know Ray. That you know, it we are not friends. Uh, you know, and I said, you know what, Ben Ben's a tough character. You know, I heard him answer the phone several times yesterday. Yeah. What do you need? What do you want? Did I call you? No. Okay. Because I'm with clients, you know. And so, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a tough guy to get Ben to back you up. So if Ben has some good things to say about y'all, I was like, man, this place must be legit, you know. 
Yeah, and good people. Uh, yeah, he's he's an awesome guy. I've known him for a while. He's been really good to the kids, and you know what? Uh, he might charge me fifty bucks for a club, but if it's for a kid, it's five bucks. You know, and so that's why I always tell my daughter, "Hey, get down with me. This is to, <laughs> this club isn't for you." Yeah, it's perfect for her. You know, and so uh, I, I really I really appreciate that. And growing up in a single parent home. Um, you know, my coaches were my daddies, you know, and so they kind of filled that void for me. And uh, I think it's just, you know, the game of golf, I really feel it, it's, it's, it's not a game for everybody. It's, it might be for that kid who's a little bit maybe more cerebral, uh, maybe that kid who's a little bit uh, timid, you know, and the, and, and the game of golf can help kind of open them up to other things because I think it's, it's a thinking man's game. It's definitely an introverted game, um, for sure. Uh, but Golf parallels life in a lot of ways, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm in the, about a quarter of the way writing a book about it, uh, just the fundamentals of golf and how they tie in the fundamentals of life. And, you know, you can hit a great shot and get a bad break. You can hit a bad shot and get a good break. I mean, it's how you deal with it. It's, it's, it's life. I mean, it's because in life, you know, the only thing guaranteed in this life is God's love, and that's what I say. Um, everything else, you know, you just kind of roll with the punches and, and do the best you can and you know, surround yourself with people that uh, will encourage you and, 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 you know, want the best for you. So that's, that's kind of what we, how we are here at Umpar Golf. You know, we, we teach them fundamentals, uh, but at the same time, we're teaching them mentally as well, to, you know, to make them strong. Because in this game, you can have all the talent in the world, but if you're not mentally tough and you don't have any intestinal fortitude in any sport, you're not going anywhere. Well, I'm sure, Ray, with uh, with your, you know, because you continue to play. I, you, know, you were telling me about uh, trying to Monday qualify, you know, or qualifying some sectionals. And uh, AJ, with your life on tour, I'm, sh- I'm I'm sure you've seen your, you know, your a good amount of talented golfers where you're like, man, why is this guy not winning? Why is this guy not making cuts? Uh, what do you think is the difference for those guys that that are stayers? you know, on the tour, stayers within the game of golf that can perform at a high level as opposed to somebody that's ultra-talented that doesn't make the cut or that doesn't make that big putt? Well, the way I look at it is, you know, I believe there's an athlete inside of all of us. And my job as a caddy and as a teacher is to bring out the best athlete in that player so that he can, you know, in golf, if you don't beat your, if you don't, if you beat yourself, if you don't beat yourself, who's going to beat you? Basically, that's how it is. I don't mind getting beat as long as I don't beat myself. You know, if you shoot 65 and I shoot 67, I got no problem shaking your hand. You know, but I think that guys with talent, they don't know how to get the best out of them because they've never trained themselves to do that. You know, they're more more worried about the outcome. They're more worried about how they're hitting it. They're more worried about, you know, the person that's sponsoring them. They're giving them money or whatever it is. They're not worried about the right things. And so... That goes back to, you know, my, my, my phrasing, just let go and let God be in control because really there's, we're really not in control. I mean, we think we are. There are some things that we can control, but the ultimate, uh, you know, I believe that you can control your fundamentals, you know, your posture, your setup, you know, your alignment, stuff like that. But once that ball goes, you have, you have no control over that. You know, you just got to let go and, and, and trust your fundamentals, you know. Coach Payton used to say in college, he goes, you know, why, why do you practice? Well, he's like, because we want to get better. He's like, well, why do you want to get better? Well, we want to become consistent. Well, why do you want to become consistent? Because you want to give yourself a chance to win week in and week out. 
if you're you stay solid with your fundamentals and your preparation, then you'll have a chance, you know, week in and week out. That's the way that's the way I see it, and that's that's kind of how I, I I roll as a caddy and try to bring bring out the best athlete inside of my players that I work with. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I think it's just the the mental aspect. I think is is the main factor in in a lot of the stayers and the goers when it comes to golf at that level. I mean, it's. It's difficult. I've lived it. I, I know what it feels like, and the anxieties, the 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 bad thoughts that creep in. Just just those things. Is I, I mean, when I was playing full time, I put in the work. You know, I, I was practicing as much as I could every day. I was working out. I was doing the right things. I was making sure I was prepared. But it seemed like yeah. And too with other players, same, you know, everybody's trying to do the same thing. That whole you know the the fitness thing. The the golf, you know, the sessions, everything that's worked out the way it's doing nowadays versus, you know, in old times when you know, you're smoking cigars and playing golf with your buddies, it seemed like... You Hold know, on, what's wrong with that? That's what I, that's what I was like. I was like, you're, you're describing my game right now. Yeah, yeah, well, just, I'm just back more towards, you know, playing full-time and that is just, it's mentally taxing. And I think at that point in my life, I wasn't ready for it. I think if I had an opportunity to do it over... Knowing what I know now, I think it would be a different story. But, you know, I, I, I never look back. I'm looking forward, you know. And, and I think there's still a lot of great golf in my career personally. And maybe that will, you know, be something down the road. But I think mentally, I think that's the biggest thing. I think there's some swings, some, you know, physical things that, you know, are, are, are factors. But I, I think it's just between the ears. I think that's that's the thing. Those are the, the, the strong that, that can, can understand and comprehend and deal with the situations, you know, on a regular, consistent basis on the golf course are those that are able to stay and have longevity on tour or, or longevity, you know, playing professional golf. Well, well see, that, that's why my daughter's 10 years old and I take her out there and it's, it's great because uh, I'd love – I love to be out there with her because, again, like I said, it's, it's a thinking person's game. It's kind of like chess, you know, but out out in the open. And um, strategy, yeah, it, it's strategy. And then when speaking with Ray yesterday, I said, uh, you know, you get to learn a lot about somebody by playing around the golf with them. Oh, that's why a lot of business deals. Yeah, exactly. That's why that's why they're done. You know, not anymore. Not in, uh, relevant in, in today's society. You know, with so much video chat and things of that nature. Uh, you know, a lot of deals back then were done with a handshake. You know, and so that's one thing you can see. You can see is is somebody a good loser? You know, or or are they a good thinker? Can they can they get out of a jam? Can they get out of the woods? You know, uh, are they going to use that foot wedge? You know, when the lie's not well, uh, is it a gimme putt? You know, are you giving somebody that that putt, or are you are you know you being a punk? Are you making them putt? You know, that little two, that little two incher, You know, uh, things of that nature. And and you know, being with somebody for four or five hours, you really get. To, Get to learn what kind of you know oh, sure. yeah you can't you can't you can't hide yeah you, yeah. you can't you can't hide you can't maybe for a couple of hours you could do it but sure. but not for that that much well guys I want to get into a little bit of uh, uh, some some of your golf stories you know because y'all been in the game a while I know uh, uh, give me something from your college years like Ray what what was maybe your best story from the college days and don't say it was this one four kager you went to or something <laughs> of that nature because I think we all got those stories uh, I, I think. You know, thinking back to college, I was so green to to golf at that level, uh, and I I think I take a lot of pride in in that four years 
growing up process from my freshman year to, you know, not even having a spot on the team to, you know, getting some tournaments in by the end of that, that, that first year and, and, and just working at it year after year through those four years and, and being the best golfer on the team by my senior year, you know, leading the team in almost every tournament my senior year, winning the, just the, you know, the conference championship. I think it was just, it was just something that I look back at. And I'm like, that was an accomplishment. Like for me to do that and, and, and feel that the work I put in was rewarded, I think is something that I, I'll never forget. And I take that with me wherever I go, you know, knowing I, I have, you know, that feather in my cap, you know, I, I, I can do it. Like I can teach that. I can show you that I walked in those footsteps. I know what it's like. And I think a lot of people, I get a lot of clients that come to me and like, you know, that, yeah, my son or daughter wants to play college golf. Well, we can show you the way. I, we know what it's like to walk yeah. in those footsteps. Lived and, and and I think, you know, that that's probably the most rewarding thing when I think back to college. And and I really want to say my last year, my senior year in in '02, like I I dedicated myself that year to having the best college year I could have. And and. I I woke up before everybody else. I was at the range before everybody else. I it was dark. I was at the range, uh, and and it, it showed, you know. And, and that's you know you you gotta you know do what you preach. And, more. Yeah, and and it it does fruit. You know, you just have to believe. And yeah, the fruit the fruits of your labor truly. Yeah, it, truly, it you show yourself. You right. show yourself that that when you put your mind to it, yeah. put the work in. That you actually got the results you were looking for. You failed to prepare you very well. Exactly. Oh, yeah, man. No, I, you're, throwing, you're throwing out a lot of quotes, AJ, and I, and I love it because that's one thing I do um, before every practice with my kids, besides prayer. Um, and I give them a quote. I said, how, did, how does it and, – and, and I ask them, how does it apply – how do you think it applies in life? And also, you know, to make them remember it, I'm like, okay, we're going to run gases so you don't – if somebody doesn't remember it. And, uh, you know, you said a lot about your your – your beliefs. Uh, one thing my grandmother always taught me growing up, I thought it was corny as I was going, okay, grandma, yes, grandma, yes, yes. It's do your do your best and God will take care of the rest. Mm-hmm. You know, and this, I always tell the kids, meet God halfway. Mm-hmm. But I said, but how do you meet him halfway? It's by putting your all into whatever it is. So tell me, give me a story from, or give me a, a memory from college that, uh, that stands out. Uh, um, 1996. Uh, we we broke down. I was part of the team that broke down the color barrier. Uh, Jackson State was the first HBCU, which is historically black college university, to ever get inducted into the NCAA's. So we broke down the color barrier in '96 and uh, made history. Now the Lord has made me part of history three times in my life, and that was that was number one, and uh, something I'll never forget. And just got inducted into the Hall of Fame uh, last September. So I'm very very humbled and. You know, was with some great guys, and I learned so much from Coach Payton, Walter's brother. Um, a lot of the stuff that he taught me in college, you know, I, I live by today. Um, and just to be around that Payton work ethic. Is it different? Is it different? Something special. Something special. I mean, he he worked so hard on our behalf. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget. I mean, I remember uh, my parents... You know, they. I think we needed a small check, you know, at the beginning of the year to cover. Uh, we lived off campus, and I remember uh, coach came to me, 
and he told me, he's like, hey, man, your, uh, your parents' check bounced. And uh, I was like, I'm sorry, Coach. You know, we, we struggled a little bit. Well, Coach Payton took me under his wing, and he made he always made sure I had money in my pocket. Like, I'd, I'd come to his house, and I'd clean out his garage, and, you know, I'd, I'd do stuff for him, and he always made sure I was taken care of. And that's something I'll never forget about Coach Payton. He's like a second father to me, and, you know, to be around... Walter Payton. I mean, I can tell you a story about Walter Payton that'll make you cry. But, well, I, I'm gonna cry. Anybody that knows me, I was raised by four women. Uh, I, I yeah, you know, there's so, a lot of estrogen yeah, in my house. I, I got two daughters. Uh, go for I'll, it. I'll share a quick story. Uh, in 1996, when we made when we made uh, history, um, everybody else, we all got back to J- to Jackson, Mississippi, and all the other guys flew home, and I had to wait. Uh, my parents couldn't afford to send, fly me home at that time, so. They were saving their money, and they were going to get me a flight like in two weeks. So Walter was in town, and there was a Jitney Jungle Pro-Am at uh, Annandale. And so I went and caddied for Walter and, and Coach. And I'm hitting balls, and Walter's right in front of me. And he turns around, he looks at me. And we just got back from, from NCAAs, and we, did, we didn't make it through. And he looked at me, and he goes, It was you that, that, that messed up, wasn't it, AJ? <laughs> <laughs> I, said, I said, I said, yeah. Well, I said I, I didn't play well in the in the last round, and he grabbed me right here, the scruff on my shirt, like I'm doing to you right now. He grabbed my shirt and he brought me this close, like almost to the point where he, you know, like right in my face, and he said, "Did you give it your best?" And he hugged me, like my mom hugs me, and then. He looked me in the eye again, grabbed me again, and he, I said, yes, sir, I gave it my best. And he goes, that's all that matters. Shoot. And he hugged me again. And I will never forget that to, to the rest of my life. I mean, I grew up watching. I'm a huge Bears fan. I'm a huge Walter Payton fan. And the classiness of this guy, he hugged me, and he drove me home that night back to my, my dorm. Well, yeah, I, 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 I have shed a little tear, a little tear. I will never, I will never forget that. And, you know, just uh, an amazing man. Uh, and just to be, to be part of the Peyton family uh, is something that I cherish. Um, I mean, I, I love Coach Peyton, you know, with all my heart. And he knows it. It seems like that, that not just Walter Peyton, it seemed like that was kind of like a staple of their family. You know, I guess how they treated people. Oh, man. Uh, you know, to... When I first got there, uh, my college teammate Tim O'Neill lived with Mama Payton, and uh, we used to go over there. And, and Walter actually, Coach brought Walter in to come speak to us before we went to the to the uh, NCAA's, and he sat down and told us a story um, of when they went to play the Washington Redskins, and you know, it's just and it was amazing to be around him. Um, he was he was sweet he was sweetness, but he was he was really greatness. Because he was so genuine, um, you know, it, and I think that's what that's what we lack here in America. I just got back from Korea, and with with KJ, and you know, everything over there is so relational. It's very relational, um, you know, and I think that's what we really struggle with here in, in the U.S. is we don't really give people enough. We don't pay enough attention to people to really get to know them and to really find out what's going on and to really pour into them and, and, and to show them show them love and that's kind of something we do here at on park golf um 
You know, my clothing line is a part of what we do here. And it's a G, two I's, and a backwards C, and there's a hidden cross between the eyes. And it's to show people love without being in their face. You know, because I, I truly believe that people really want, people deep down really want to be loved. They don't want to be preached at. And so that's, that's, the, that's the, the vision and the mission. And, um, you know, I see that same thing in Ray. And I think that's why we make a good team. And I think that's why, you know, on par golf will, will be successful. Um, whether we teach one kid or whether we teach, you know, 100,000 is that we're going to treat them all the same and pour into them regardless of uh, their talent level. Well, see, being a teacher and a coach, and I know Ray, being in the school system for all these years and being a product of Harlandale, uh, you know that sometimes it's just it, it's being a kid's friend. Sometimes it's, it's being their disciplinarian. It's uh, just, like you, just like you did, man. I, I felt that when you grabbed my shirt, I was like, you know, that's what we do a lot of times when we're on the football field. Well, I mean, kids are crying out for discipline, man. I, you know, the... But discipline with love. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tough love. You know Tough what love. I mean? My dad used to sit at the dinner table with a belt around his neck, you know, and he's like, hey, you know, you mess up, this is what you're going to get. But every time I got spanked, like, I mean, he always came to my room and was like, I do this because I love you. And I never understood that. You know, I was like, oh, you know, I'm angry. <laughs> you know, I hate you, you know. But I remember the first night I got to Jackson State, I cried. But I knew deep down in my heart, I knew I was going to be all right. No, it's because it's because the, the support system that yeah. you have. Yeah, I mean, and Coach Bay is a disciplinarian, so I mean, it was a perfect fit for me. You know, perfect fit. Well, it seems like you're a little bit tougher and raise the raise a little bit. Are you nicer? Or are you are you the mama hand or what? I would say, <laughs> I would say he's a little softer than me. I mean, I, I'm 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 like this. You know, when we train, like you either trust your training or your training is a waste. You know, I'm not gonna pour into you if you're not gonna put into work. You know, that's, I mean, period. I mean, I, I'll, I'll give you the tools, but you got to put in the work. Period. That's just the way it is. I mean, because <laughs> if we don't, then we're not preparing them for life. I totally agree. Period. Yeah, I, I, I mean, agree. because life is not, life is not a bowl of cherries, man. Uh, it's not fair. It's you not know, fair. and these kids, you know, now, especially nowadays, it's not going to get any easier. You know, and these kids got to be tough. They got to be mentally tough to handle it. They have to. If we don't do it, if we don't give it to them that way, we're not preparing them correctly. You're fair. And that's something. And that's something. I, and that's something I'm not okay with. Uh, well, what I'm what I'm hearing from y'all guys is is I I, I say it being in the co- being in the being in being in the industry, you know, being in the you know getting the kid prepared for the next level of their life. Industry uh, is uh, you know you're no, y'all are old school. You're you know we say old school. I say old school because you know it it. You know, a lot of kids don't want to be coached. You know, they don't know. They don't they don't want to take the coaching. They don't want to take the teaching. But if they're with y'all, you know, I mean, hey, you know, being in golf because it's you have to you have to want to be better. You know, you have to be one or you have to want to be better. Yeah. You have to you have to want to get coaching if you're here because it is an individual sport. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know we're, we're we're not a perfect fit for everybody. You know, we, we the people that want to be here will be here. I mean, that's that's the way we look at it. You know, it's like uh What's that movie, Build It and They Will Come? You know, that's, yeah, Build so, the Dreams. Yeah, so, I mean, that's how we look at it. You know, and if if if, if the parents are too controlling and, you know, and they, they want to be too involved and they don't want to let us do our job, well, then, you know, hey, we're not the right fit for you. you know, no problem. Yeah. Have you had to say that before, Ray? Have you had to say that? Have you had to 
I guess, excuse somebody from um, the program? Not or? yet. I've, I've been able to, to get the change I needed to con- feel comfortable continuing. But, I, I mean, really with any, especially a, a new client or whether it was a, a, a new student if when I was coaching at the high school level, or it, my time is valuable. If you're going to be a part of my time, make it worth both of our t- you know, time. I don't, I, and I, I say that from the get-go. Like, I, in front of the parents, yeah, I am here to provide quality instruction for golf, for life, for everything, to make you a better person. And if you don't want to be a part of that, I don't need to spend time with you. So I get that commitment up front so that they know if we're here, we're working. You can waste somebody else's time, but you're not going to waste mine. And I think just setting the tone early eliminates a lot. And that's the way I would, you know, if you went to my first day of class in high school, you know, I I, I set the bar up front. And so there's, there's... no question, you know, halfway through the year or halfway through, you know, a commitment for, you know, instruction, you know, if we're not meeting expectation, you know, there, there's, we, it was addressed at the beginning. So there shouldn't be any surprises. I, I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. Being a coach, you know, I, I, I let everyone know I'm a hard ass up front, <laughs> you know, and like, like if I say I love you, like you earn my love, like yeah. you're going to, you're going to earn my love, you know, because I don't give it out cheap it's not cheap you know and so that's one thing i like i have a tendency to say is you know what you, you like you said you got to start it up front you got to set that tone because you can't do it like halfway through the season and then start to change yes. change your beliefs or philosophy it's really hard to do that well um man guys like i kind of wish like i was like back in the day you know oh, man I, I think my golf game i think i might actually make the hooters tour like <laughs> i always say that i always say that when i'm out there on the course man guys I think I'm gonna make the Hooters tour. I know, I know it don't exist no more. I know, but that was like my that was my motivation for the longest time. It's called something else. No, I think I think so. Yeah, it was the Nike tour, and then it was the Hooters tour. Yeah, no, it's it's all different. You can still do the Hooters tour. You can go to 281. There you go. Yeah, yeah, you can still go. There's one on 151. That you know, that's about as close as the Hooters tour I'm gonna get to go. Yeah, there you go. All right, guys. Now tell me. What's your favorite course around town? I know y'all get to play a lot, and I know y'all played. Uh, you told me, Ray, you played uh, the old course, you know, and I know you, you toured and you've been to Korea. What? Okay, in in town, you know, because this is this is for local. This is a South Texas podcast. You know, what is your favorite go or go to course here in town? I, I've got to say, and it may be simple, but there's two. But I'll, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about one. But Brack, I've always loved Brack. I mean, I know it's not, there's, you know, other great courses, but just the simplicity of Brack, the location, the you know, just being right under the umbrella of the city of San Antonio and, and knowing the history of All this it. public course. Yeah. I, I just, I like Brack. I like to go play Brack. It's fun. Uh, I just, it just brings back memories back to junior golf. I mean, playing, you know, in, in the city junior, you know, going up and. Watching my dad watch me play on that course, you know, it's it's just I enjoy it. It's just, it, and then I think Riverside, Riverside, and I'm talking about courses that are not the you know, but these are sta- these are staples here in just, town though. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I think my parents live off hole number 17 still. And, you know, when I play that course and I get to pass that street, where my parents live is just it just it's just that's where my dad learned to play golf. And I just like it. Just it's about a feeling, not necessarily. You know, it's, it's got, right. you know, this waterfall or it's got, yeah. you know, these, it's, just, it's just sentimental, I guess, more than anything. So I, I think no, number one would be Brack, but I I like Riverside just, just 
a lot because this is my backyard. Well, well, you know, you're not the, you're not the first. You're probably not going to be the last person to say that. Uh, and for me, Riverside, uh, my like always coming into Corpus. I'm from Corpus Christi. Uh, you know, it's uh, down two hours down south, and. Uh, my dad's, my uncle's, it was one of the first courses we would play because I don't think the Republic had been created yet. Uh, the Republic wasn't open yet. So Riverside coming in was our first golf course. And so I remember, always remember, I think it's by number six, that they would push me over the fence to go grab some beers by that bar. I yeah. think it's called Tea Time. Tea time. And uh, I don't know what it was called then, but I, that, that's, my, that's my first memory of golf, <laughs> getting pushed over the fence. Hey, <laughs> hey, grab us a six-pack. You know, grab us a little sixer. And I'm like... Okay, and so whenever I'm over there by hole six, I'm like, man, I just yeah, yeah, I, I, I think about that, you know, I, I think about those times. All right, AJ. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm a member of Santera, so I, I definitely love Santera. I love the South Course, I love the quietness of the South Course. Um, I was I was just about to ask you the North love, or South. I love being on the South. Uh, you know, late in the afternoon, watching the deer. Not many houses over there. I just I love the uh, tranquility of that. But uh, I also really like uh, the Palmer Course, Black and Terra. Oh gosh! I love. I just. That's I love the toughness of that yeah. golf course. That's too many blind shots, yeah, man. There's too many blind so drives, tough. man. Okay, yeah, but I, I love the challenge of that place uh, and just the views. I like being on that on that place too. So. Well, f- funny, you, funny you say Santerra and the South Course, and then you say La Cantera because uh, co- I just played on two in, in the league that I play in. I just played on. No, I'm sorry. It was Monday. We had a tournament Monday at Santerra, and it just so happened it was at the South. Oh, nice. And I hadn't played there since last year. Last year was in rough, I mean, rough shape, yeah, rough yeah. shape because of the drought. A lot better. We got a new uh, uh, it, green scheme. That, right that's exact, that, things, that's yeah. exactly what they told me. They had a new superintendent, and I thought the South was in great shape. Yeah. I thought it was in great shape. Greens were nice. Yeah. Greens were nice. Definitely getting better, and, uh, you know, Seabay's doing some good things over there. So, and that greenskeeper. Uh, you know, we're glad to have him, and he's, he's doing great work. So. I, I think so. I think I think even the North, everything's looking really good there. And then, plus, uh, we're playing La Cantera on the 15th, on, on June 15th. Oh, nice. We play a two-man scramble every year with the with this group of guys, and they're kind of good. They're like, I say they're like Harlandale guys, but they're West Side. They're Holy <laughs> Cross guys. You know, I kind of, uh, I, I feel like I fit in. You know, I was like, I feel like I fit in, even though I went to probably the richest school in Corpus Christi. I went there a work study, you know, cleaned up. I was telling Ray, I cleaned up after my classmates, but, uh, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad my mom put me there and I'm um, thankful because I probably wouldn't have graduated high school if she didn't stick me in that Catholic school. And so, uh, we're going to be playing there at La Cantera and, uh, the Palmer, or? Uh, the Palmer. Yeah, we're going to be playing there at the Palmer. And so, uh, two great courses. All right, guys. Uh, most memorable golf memory most memorable golf memory and i know you gave me a great one ray from college but i guess maybe a shot you had a putt uh maybe an outing that you had that you just like it just stands out uh, I, I think anytime i play with my dad it's always memorable but i it, if i really you know go through my whole career to this point in in my time on the golf course i can remember one swing and i don't know why it sticks out in in my head but I was probably 10 years old, and uh, this is you still played with Persimmon Woods. And I remember hitting the shot, because when I was 10, I would follow my dad around. And my dad, in his heyday, he's a plus two handicap. He's the guy that taught me to play golf. He taught himself to play golf. Uh, my dad started when he was 22, 23 years old. And I think the first time he ever played golf, I went to Riverside. and shot 100 and 
120 or 119 or something like that. He loved the game so much, within six months, he was a single-digit handicapper. He worked at KO Steel doing oh, uh, work, <laughs> and they had an open field in the back, and he asked the foreman, the lead foreman, if he could mow the grass behind it. He would take his golf clubs on his lunch break and hit balls. He would get up early, go practice, go to work, hit balls at lunch, go practice afterward. Six months, he was shooting in the 70s. Man, I, I've been doing this for years, and I still I haven't broke 80 yet. I haven't broke 80 yet. Yeah, so uh, he's, he's been my guiding you know, force in, in where I am today and why my golf game's where it's at. But uh, it, it, at that time, at 10 years old, I'm just following him around. And, and if I'm lucky, you know, I'll get to hit a tee shot before. You know, they're gambling over here, yeah. and I'm just following him around. And it's it's all the strong players playing and with his group, and and I get up there and they go go hit one. They they call me Little Ray. If you saw my dad, he's Big Ray. Uh, and I said okay, I got up there. I got my dad's persimmon driver. I tee it up, and this is number nine at Divine. So Divine's where we grew up playing a lot of golf, and uh, and it's dog leg right. I just crushed this drive past. If you're familiar with Divine, there's a big oak tree on nine where it. It uh, it has a dog leg right at the turn of the dog leg, and I hit it past the dog leg, and it, 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 everybody's just like clapping, and, yeah. This and I just remember that that feeling, and I can still feel that shot in my hand, like I can still feel that that golf ball hitting that persimmon wood, and it just flying off that whipping. It has the whip on the on the on the hosel. It wasn't yeah. natural. I mean, I just I, I wish I still had that golf club, uh, you know, and, and kept it as a. A memory of that time, but that's probably just uh, nothing to do with anything about winning a golf tournament. Right? It's just that one swing I remember with that one golf club with all those guys there with my dad there. That's, that's probably it. I, I think we've all had that. I think we've all had that time where hey, hurry up, go hit before the next group, or yeah. you know, hey, take this putt or something like that. Uh, I have, I have, I still have my first persimmon wood. It's a, it was a Chichi Rodriguez number three. Wow. Yeah. I, you know, I'm not going to hit that thing, guys. It might fall apart. <laughs> AJ. Oh man, I have I have a lot of memories. Uh, well, just well, just one. I know I, I know you. You're still living. You're still living our golf life too. You know. I mean, uh, as a caddy or as a it, player. It's just just you know anything. Well, why don't you give me one 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 one? Okay. Well, I mean, as a caddy, it's definitely the PGA Championship 2009 with Y Yang. You know, we we took down Tiger. Uh, that was historic win. Um, and then, uh, I, re- I remember that putt. I remember that putt he made. He made a huge putt, uh, right in, right in front of Tiger. And, uh, I, I'm, I couldn't re- tell you what hole, but I just remember seeing Tiger Woods reaction, you know, like, like, you know, and normally he's like stone cold, you know, he's stone cold, but you kind of just saw him like, just make a little movement, you know, and you're like, Oh, got him. Yeah. Got him. Yeah, it was it was it was definitely something I'll never forget. Um, you know, just to be with Tiger in a major. Um, you know, was, I, I describe it as you know playing golf like like you're playing on the inside of a radio with every station playing at the same time when people are just yelling and you know they're twenty thirty deep and it's 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 chaotic. But uh, it was something I cherish and something. Going on in the history books. How how as a caddy were you able to keep Ye in the moment? Well, you know, as a kid, my father uh, 
allowed me to to play for money. Um, not he. And he t- I remember him telling me, he's like, AJ, I'm, I'm gonna let you play for money, not because I want you to make money, but because I want you to get mentally tough. And this one time, I was, I think, I think it was uh, about 12, 13 years old, and I was, I was pretty cocky as a kid. I was a little punk, and um, this older, wealthy guy, he's like, "Come on, you punk kid, let's go, let's go play for some money." He's like, "I'll play five dollars a hole." And Andrew, all I had was five dollars in my pocket. I was like, "That's five dollars. Let's go. I'll beat you." <laughs> and so I beat him every hole in the front nine. Um, and he gave me a fifty dollar bill, you know, and I gave him five dollars for change. <laughs> so that, that's that's, uh, and I'm, I remember going up and showing my dad. I like, looked at him, you know, he was so mad at me. <laughs> He's like, "Yo, what are you doing, gal, for that much money?" But I mean, I just, I knew, I knew I was gonna win. You know, my short game as a kid was really, really good. I, I felt like I could make it from anywhere. I felt like I could chip it in from anywhere. Do you feel like that now? Uh, <laughs> some, somewhat, uh, not not the same as I mean, kids are just fearless, man. Uh, I think I probably think a little too much now, but I, I, my short game is still pretty strong, um, and that's why I really harp on you know the fundamentals and and the short game and, and, and you know build their game from there. Because I mean, you know, if you, you got a strong short game, it makes up for a lot. Now, all right, now, okay. So I guess that was kind of as a player. So you had, gave me one as a player and and as a caddy. Mm-hmm. Um, now tell tell me about uh, Ray. Tell me a little bit about qualifying in Q school. And I know you had kind of mentioned that that uh, you you fell short, you know. And I guess have you have you qualified? Did you try qualifying? I've never gone to Q school. Um, well, well, I want to know about the pressures, or I want to know what what's the process of trying to to qualify. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of well, I still try and play some competitive golf now, uh, but back back then, you know. I just looked at it as just another day. You know, you, you can't. You, yes, it's important, and yes, it, it's a. Tr- you're trying to earn a ticket to your dream, uh, but it's still one shot at a time. You can't focus on, you know, the and your 72 hole score. You're working on that shot in front of you, that putt in front of you, that chip in front of you, uh, it, it, and it, it's it's just like I said earlier. It's mentally taxing. Just there's just so much that you know, you can let creep in your mind that you lose that this millisecond of focus and you know, you hit that poor shot or that straight shot and uh, what, what I tried to do is in that time frame is I felt like I had put in the work so there's no reason why I can't I can't produce the scores or produce the result I'm looking for so I felt like if if I've done the work it's it's there. There's nothing that's missing in in this whole process. I just go and do what I was born to do, what I need to do, and take care of my business and focus on one shot at a time. And then in the end result, you know, I'll reach or accomplish what I'm trying to do that day, that round, that tournament. Uh, but it, it's 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 the whole process is a learning curve. Like you know, learning to live on the road, learning how to travel, learning where to eat, learning you know who to hang out with, learning, you know, how much rest you need, learning how much practice you need. It's just, I think I needed more time long-term than, you know, the, the two and a half years I got. I got you look at guys, I mean, I mean guys, like I'll do some Monday qualifiers, I'll play with web.com guys. And like, I met a guy I was on AJ the other day. I mean, he's been on, he's been trying to do this 12 years straight, 12 years. And he's had some status here and there, but I mean, 
you got to think of how much of his life he's put into that and and what that's fruited to this point. And at some point, you kind of have to decide, okay, where's that line in the sand? And, and okay, well, and one day I want to have a family or one day I want to have a steady home. And, you know, and, and I think that's kind of what, what I came across is I was married when I started the process. Uh, we had just had my first, you know, my son, my first kid. So it was, it was good timing to do it, but then it was kind of bad timing to do it at the same time. Uh, but it was a beautiful experience. And I, I think it's just the mental toughness, like just being able to get yourself in that position and execute uh, and have put in the work to be able to be successful. But it's just a different animal. This is nothing like, you know, playing with your boys on Sunday afternoon. It's just a different atmosphere. You know, you got to think, you know, a lot of guys, you know, they're putting every cent they have into this. And it's got to fly or else, you know, you're broke. Uh, so if there's from everybody's different and everybody comes from different backgrounds and you know, different size checkbooks and stuff like that. But I, I think it's just being able to handle it all and digest it and being able to execute and perform, I think, is how those guys make it to the next level. But in uh, back to your question on, on what it's like, it's just it's just pressure. I mean, just true pressure. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Other it's, than it's pressure, just, unlike unlike I guess guys like me will have an experience, you know. And I guess AJ, you, you're constantly dealing with that, and you've dealt with that, I guess, for. A good amount of time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's a special golf is a different animal. Putting, putting, putting. You know, having to having to put them all out. Um, No gimme. Every score counts. I mean, it's a it's a different animal, and it's something you have to be prepared. You have to you have to prepare your body, and you have to prepare your mind for uh, week in and week out. that's why I'm a big proponent of the fundamentals, you know, is to, to try and keep it simple because there's so many different nuances and, you know, little things in this game that uh, this is a game you never, you, I describe golf as a game that you, you, know, you can never win at. You know, you, you just have to play it and you have to enjoy it. It's a game you have to enjoy and play it. And, you know, golf is a game that, uh, you know, just like I said before, it parallels life and, uh, you know, you... You never, you never stop learning in this game. You know, every time you you play, you practice, you're always learning something about yourself, learning something about the game, learning something, you know, how a lie reacts. I mean, it's it's an introverted game. You know, you you have to know yourself inside and out. And my job as a caddy is to is to help bring that true athlete out so that he can be at his best at, at all times. You know, if I see his, his his body language getting nervous, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something to get him back to where he you know he should be, um, stuff like that. So it's you know, caddying is a very um, very humbling but very rewarding uh, uh, career, and you know, it's uh, you're like a strategist. I mean, you, you wear probably ten to twelve different hats. You know, you probably wear more hats in the golf industry than anybody else in the golf industry. Um, you're a psychologist, you're a mother, you're a brother, <laughs> you're, you're a father, you know, you're, you're all of the above. Um, and you got to say the right thing at the right time and you got to spit out the, the correct information in a probably five to seven second window. Well, I'm going to tell you, uh, you sound like, you seem like a guy, the way you carry yourself and the way you talk and the way you speak and 
the vibe you're throwing off, like, man, I want you in my corner. I was like, I was like, can I hire you? I was like, I don't know. Can I'm I hire you? <laughs> I couldn't afford you. Right? I'm well, expensive, yeah, I was like, man, I was like, but shoot, I was like, you give me, you're giving me confidence. So I was like, I was like, dang, I was like, I'm ready. I'm ready to go play. I'm ready to go play. I'm really not. I'm, I'm kind of getting a little, a bit golfed out, but, um, yeah. You know, I, I feel it though. I, I feel, it and I see Ray. I see Ray. Why? Why you're drawn to him as well? Is like, you know what? I'm sure he he kind of lifts you up and gives a big lift to this this organization, this program. You know what I mean? And shoot, I think our gifts are, you know, is definitely encouragement. We encourage one another, and uh, we believe in one another, and we believe in what we what we know, and, what, and you know, we, we don't we don't look at it as like you know we know it all. You know, we're open to learn and. Um, you know, we just want to pour into to the young kids of, of the community what we've learned and see if we can, uh, you know, give them the tools to, to, you know, golf has done so much in my life, it's done so much in Ray's life, you know, who knows what it could do for the young kids of the side, you know, the south side and, uh, you know, white, black, red, purple, you know, we show them all up. I, I totally agree, and I feel that, and that's one thing I, I I'm I'm really happy for my kids growing up because they don't really see color, mm-hmm. they don't see color, they don't know color. You know, they might say, "Oh, well, why does that guy look like Bernie Williams?" You know, because that was my daughter's first hint of an African American was we had a little Bernie Williams mm-hmm. bobblehead, you know, because we love the Yankees, and she's like, "So every African American person or person of color, she see, hey, it's Bernie, it's Bernie, it's Bernie," <laughs> and right. and you know what she. And, and I'm and I'm glad and I'm thankful, you know, that she doesn't know she's not going to know any barriers. You know, what I mean that everyone's just people or you know to her, and, and I love that. Mm-hmm. Well, so tell me right here as we kind of wrap this up. Uh, tell me, uh, Ray and AJ, what are some of the services uh, that y'all provide here through On Par Golf? Go ahead, Ray. Yeah, no. Well, one of the things I wanted to start out with before I talk is I think. <laughs> I think it's it's a really cool and uh, like I said, I think hap- things happen for reasons. But today is the one year anniversary that I put out on social media that I was launching on Park Golf. Uh, and hey, happy anniversary, happy birthday! <laughs> so what a coincidence that you know we get to do this podcast and talk about all these great topics and and talk about on Park Golf on the one day where you know we're we're getting set to to launch our our, our re grand opening at our new location here on June fifteenth. Uh, but uh, we, we do a, a wide range of things. I know we talk mainly about instruction, so we do we do golf instruction. We have some of the best technology in the world using TrackMan technology. Uh, here at Umpar Golf at our new facility at the Academy, we're going to have an indoor facility with uh, swing analysis uh, availability. We're going to have our putting lab indoors. We have a uh, full driving range, one of the biggest short game areas in all of San Antonio, and a beautiful putting green. Uh, that, that will be all at our, our access to use with our clients here at, uh, at the Ampar Golf Academy. And in addition to the instruction, we have a great partner with Mixfit SA that does our fitness for us. Uh, so we have some staff there that will continue to, to work with our clients that want some golf-focused fitness. Uh, and one of the big pieces that kind of hidden is we do a lot of consulting. So in addition to what we do already, we also work with other golf courses uh, we're working with the city of Divine as well. Uh, I actually created their business plan. Uh, so, what happened in Divine is they they had a transition from where it was the golf association for decades, and the city took over the golf course, and they needed some assistance. So they knew my background, they knew what I was doing. So 
we were able to, to actually sit down and develop the entire business plan uh, and master plan for them. So it's published by Elm Park Off. I actually did it for them. And then we're working on, uh, hopefully in the upcoming months, start a complete reno of the front nine and possibly the second nine. Dang, uh, man. So That's we're, huge. We're working with uh, uh, a construction and uh, a local engineer uh, in Texas, an architect. And they're also probably going to have me help bring in the local flavor. So I actually, if everything works to plan, I'll get an opportunity to help co-design the, the new layout. Of the greens and and, and some. <laughs> you didn't tell me that yesterday, man. That's huge, dude. Yeah, no, that's that's huge. Uh, uh, so that's the consulting side. In addition, we do other other consulting, uh, not that to that scale, but we also help uh, do that. And we have a great event service uh, uh, programming. So if you're hosting an event and you want to do us come in as the long drive service that we provide, or just do a, a pre uh, driving range session, we do swing analysis on site. Uh, the event services, when we're actually staged on the whole doing a long drive, also includes a, uh, a, a video and a little screenshot or snapshot of their swing analysis with their numbers and uh, distances, carries, spin, all that in, in one, one compact little video that they can see. And it, that, that was the whole concept when I designed the Park Office. I didn't want to be one-dimensional. I wanted to be able to, to have... The key things that I saw all in one were the one-stop shop. So you need help with your swing, you come see us. You need help with your fitness, you come see us. You need help with your course design, your course was, you know, operation-wise, you come see us. Man, so you're dabbling in, in a good good amount of all the facets of the game of golf. Uh, now, do y'all do, y'all do uh, on-course, I guess? Could y'all do on-course, I guess, training as well or, you know? For sure. Yeah, that's that's a key piece of Yeah, we take them out here. We, we can take them on, yeah, on course and... Uh, typically, we'll, we'll try and do that maybe in a nine-hole session. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we're focusing on you know the whole mental aspect in, in the strategy, management, just, strategy, just learning how to play golf, thinking through. Um, and one of the things that we're going to be doing here, uh, we'll also have some minor repair stuff. We're gonna we're gonna create a, a repair shop on our our second storage room area. Well, good. That'll help Ben out because you know yeah. he's he's overloaded. He's yeah. doing too much work. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get Ben to come in days a week or something. Well. Um, one of the last things here is that you were talking about uh, event services, and I know you have a big event coming up in July. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I don't know if you want to kind of let everybody know about this event that you have coming up. Yeah, for sure. So we have our summer programming. We'll be rolling out uh, next week with our first golf camp. So we're going to host four golf camps. We'll have three in the month of June, and we'll have one in July. Uh, we'll have our first one in Divine. We'll have one here at Mission Del Lago, and then we're going to go over to River Bend in Floresville, and then... That'll be our June sessions, and then in July we'll go, come back and have one here. And then to wrap up our whole summer programming on July uh, July 27th, we're going to have our, the first annual On Park Golf Bash, which is going to be presented by Don Pedro Mexican Restaurant here in, in the South Side. Uh, Marco Sepulveda, uh, as soon as I told him about what we were doing and, and the whole whole idea, he was 100% on board. So he's our title sponsor. And what we're going to be doing, we're hosting that at Riverside on the Par 3 course. So... It's designed as a family-friendly event, so we're going to have the opportunity for you know parents and kids to come out and play uh, nine holes on the par three course. We're going to have uh, a golf instructor stage at every hole, so as you're going through, you'll have someone to kind of help Dang. you some tips. And 
and move you along. We'll have shaggers to make sure yeah. you get your ball a little straight. They kind of push you back. We're going to get you working around. That's you, AJ. Push. You're the shagger. <laughs> exactly. And then I'll be the one. I'll be the one hanging out at the taco shop. Yeah, there you go. I believe it. We're going to have. Uh, uh, a DJ going, we're going to have face painting, we're going to have a festival stuff, we're going to have uh, food truck vendors there. I'm going to be there. I'm sponsoring the whole. I'm sponsoring the whole. You got me down already, got right? Down. Okay. All right. That's so, what I want to hear. Uh, in, in addition to that, I think we'll, we'll have a, uh, a, the larger putting green there is going to have, is be tricked out with golf holes like yeah. a putt-putt style. Oh, yeah. And then we'll have all our sponsors that can bring out tables and tents around there and give out goodies. And, yes. And just give it kind of a little, uh, Fiesta feel uh, on a golf course, and, and we'll have three different times to play. So you can come out and spend the whole day, uh, but you can sign up for your tee time. So you can sign up for the, the 8.30, the 9.45, or the 12.30 start time. And we'll, you'll check in, get your whole assignment. You'll go out at your assigned time, and you just go around. We're looking to service about 150 players, but it's still open to the public. They can come and mingle. We'll have raffle going on. Uh, we'll have door prizes. Uh, we'll, we'll have... A, a good fun event. This is going to be the first annual one, so we're trying to make sure we push this as strongly as possible so that we can continue to grow and strengthen it. And the whole concept is with with us doing this is it's going to help fund our the on-par golf players assistance program so that those underserved people that need assistance to have a private session or need equipment or need something, you know, that we can earmark those funds that we raise to help them out. Uh, I know there's there's other programs, you know, First Tee, there's some other great things that we want to be a hub. We want to be a, a place outside of some of the existing ones to, to come to for, for the, that type of assistance. Uh, and I think you, if you can kind of compare a little bit to what the First Tee does is they have uh, more of a clinic style always. And I think a kid benefits so much more from that one-on-one, giving that love one-on-one versus I've got, you know, 12 to 1 or whatever. It's hard. It's just like, it's like a classroom, you know? So I think the beauty of what I envision is is going to reach more, deep down reach more people versus, you know, I'm going to go to a clinic for an hour and a half and I'll get a few things out. But I really don't build that relationship that we're about here on Park Golf. So that's something that I want to have fun. So, you know, staff... People can write a letter, or people can come in and say, "Hey, I, I want I want some golf instruction, but I, I really I can't afford you know the cost. You know, whether we can subsidize it, whether we can cover it in full, that's that's what I see you know, as we progress and go, and what I want to do with our golf bash. So I'm really hoping to, to push that out um, after our grand opening. That's going to be another great opportunity for us to help spread the word with what we're doing, but. Uh, I, I, in the time frame we have left, I don't see any reason why we couldn't have a, a packed house at the event and, and have a great time and start something new and fresh for, for the south side in the city of San Antonio. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I know uh, I was spoke to my boss because, golf, you know, golf's an expensive sport, AJ. I know it's on Ray. So I have a second job. I work at a bingo hall. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like being around a lot of action, that action life, you know, and so, and plus, this helps. Well, come play. <laughs> yeah. Well, I spell bingo. Can you? Can you? Yes, I can. And so I, uh, I, talk, I spoke to my boss, and we're going to, Lucky Draw is the bingo that I work at. Uh, she's going to put up a good amount. She's going to put up a goodie bag, give some gift certificates for your event as well. And, awesome. uh, yeah, yeah, and it's, uh, I'm super. I'm super. I'm pumped up because this is my first event that my that you know this podcast is going to be on site at, and so I'm I'm super encouraged. I'm super excited, and I really feel what you're trying to do for this city. The very last thing, all right, last thing on my podcast, I I, I call it. I have a section called 
Beyond the Sticks. All right. And so I'm going to have one question for you and one question for you. One topic. All right. Now, being in the caddy, being in the caddy industry and being a professional, how do you feel about the whole issue of what happened with Kuchar and L2 camp? Uh, about short short changing his caddy. You know, I don't. It's it's a it's a it's a touchy subject. Um, Toucan, you know, is a he had a deal with Kucher. Um I don't know if they specified you know a win or not. Um, I think Kucher lived up to his to his uh, end of the deal. His end of the deal paid him what he what he. What requested, he, right? Requested, but you know the way I look at it is, he had an opportunity uh, to do something great for someone. Um, you know, the way I see it is, he could have said, "Hey, look, I'm going to give you what I told you I was going to give you, and then three months from now, I'm going to wire, you know, such twenty five thousand yeah. dollars." You know, he had an opportunity. To, to change this guy's life, you know, um, and I know Kuchar. He's a he's a good man. He's always been good to me. I don't think he he meant any ill intent, um, but I think there was a golden opportunity for him to really do something special for this guy, and uh, it just unfortunately just didn't happen. But I would have told him, look, here's five grand. You know, in three months we're going to wire you twenty five thousand more. You know, or whatever. Because if you, you know, if this guy knows that he's got twenty five or fifty grand, you know, it endangers him and his him and his family that's in Mexico. True. That's true. You know, yeah. that, that's not a smart thing. Yeah. So, let's say, hey, you know, I'm going to give you enough to change you and your family's life. You know, here's five. And I'm going to wire you, you know, twenty five or whatever. I mean, just something significant enough to really to really change, you know, Toucan's life and his family's life. And I, I think that would have been. Something really special. I think every Mexican in the world would, would be wearing Sketchers. I mean, I think. <laughs> I think hey, we already do. We're, we we um, do a lot because they, they have a lot of Sketcher outlets on the south I and mean, west side. I mean, I'm come on, man. Shoes, I mean, but, hey, I they're mean, comfy. They're comfy. Really? I mean, for sure. I mean, I think it was a golden opportunity. Um, and, you know, his sponsorship dollars would have been through the roof more than they are already. I mean, Kuchar's a good man. I, I, I like him. I don't, uh, I don't think he had any ill intent towards this guy at all. Uh, I just think there was a golden opportunity for him to do something great, and, and unfortunately, it just didn't happen. I mean, if he's put in that same position again, I think. He, oh yeah, he, uh, it, 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 it seems it seems like it seems like since that time, it seems like you have a lot of players taking care of their caddies since since that time. Well, I, mean, yeah, I mean, social media nowadays. Oh yeah, can really. Uh, uh, well, not get well, not gave his caddy that that car that I think it was yeah. a charger, right? Yeah, I, I, I texted Kenny afterwards and. Uh, you know, that was a pretty special gift for him. And, you know, there's there's a lot of great guys out there, you know, great relationships. Um, and, you know, it's, it's like a brotherhood. And so, you know, we all we all have each other's backs. And, you know, even even when things, you know, don't go right or, you know, when when Tiger was struggling with what he was, after we beat him, you know, in 09 and he was struggling, you know, I took it upon myself, to, you know, the Lord put it on my heart to write him a letter. You know, and I wrote him a letter just to let him know that, hey, man, we love you. Um, you know, we're praying for you and your family, and uh, you know, hope everything, you know, goes well. Because, you know, I remember at the Masters, Tiger came to the caddy, caddy locker room, and I, 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 I shook his hand and I said, I just want to thank you. And I said, I know not a, lot, not a lot of people thank you, but 
thank you for what you do for golf. You know, because he's the reason we play for as much money as we play for. Totally he's, agree. He's the only player out there that moves the needle. Um, you know, he, he's the reason that uh, golf is, is in great shape. And he's the reason that there's that much that much sponsorship money out there and that we, you know, we, we all partake in it. Um, and I'm very thankful for to him and, you know, to for all that he's, that he's done and all the, the guys like Nicholas and all the guys that have paved the way. But to me, Tiger's, Tiger's the one that really moves the needle. Totally agree. All right. All right, Ray. Uh, it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, what are your thoughts on mock necks? Like what Tiger wears. The no collar kind of thing. Uh, if you can pull it off, wear it. I, I, I've never. I don't, I don't have a I, neck for that. I'm chunky. I'm chunky. I look like a turtle or something. <laughs> yeah, if you can pull it up, wear it. Uh, I've never been a fan of that stuff. I mean, I've always. I just, you know, you go golf in a polo, that's just kind of. I'm old school, I guess. And two, I, I get so burnt. on. The, I, I like to put my collar up. Oh, you like to like pop collars over here. You're popping collars. So I, you probably wouldn't see me in one. Unless, yeah, maybe. All right. It was just a random day. I had nothing else to wear. <laughs> well, I, I tried to throw a, cur- yes. a curveball right there, okay? Because uh, these are these. Like I said, I started this podcast because I want to hear the things I want to hear. You know, the questions I I want I want to ask. Uh, Let's do all the things you want to do. That, that's right. That's, <laughs> heck yeah! Heck yeah! And so I just uh, do. Y'all have any? Uh, any like Sunday, I say I always say uh, ti- Tiger Tiger wear Sunday wear Champion wear. Do you have any like go tos like? Because in my mind, I, I know what I wear. You know, in my mind, I'm like, oh, this is this is the outfit. Do you have any like this is this is my good luck shirt or this is my or superstitions anything like that? <laughs> no, I mean I'm I'm not that good. <laughs> so I mean I I mean I if I was on tour, maybe I'd, I'd have something, but. No, man. no. <laughs> uh, I, I I don't know if I I don't wear anything. Um, I think something is kind of goofy. I, I I for some reason I like to have three coins in my pocket mm-hmm. when I play, like to mark my. I just it doesn't ha- it doesn't have to be all pennies, all quarters. Just yeah. three coins. I like three coins in my pocket, and it's just just something. Just something to do. I like to have more teas in my left pocket. There you go. See, that's something. I won't, that's I won't something, put, AJ. There you I go. I don't want anything in my left pocket. <laughs> I can't have teas in both. Well, I'm left-handed. Well, I'm left-handed, but I play golf right. I'm the same way. I was born left. I yeah. kick left. I, I, was, I kick right. For I started playing golf left-handed. My dad turned me around. I'm what they call amphibious. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. I'm hopefully, hopefully, I'll take a look at my swing because I'm working on some things right now. You know. Uh, I, I, I'm having trouble getting off the tee box, but that'll be for another show. Uh, thank you, guys, man. I appreciate it, uh, guys. Thanks, I, thanks for having us. I, I, I really, I really feel the love y'all have for the game, and the man, y'all are gonna do some great things. And I'm gonna try my best to help y'all out and to really push because I think uh, I, we, when we talked about this yesterday, you didn't say it today. I was hoping you'd say it today, but uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop it. Ray said he feels like this place on Park Golf, uh, y'all are, are a solution. I know it was a long podcast, but there was a lot of good content and info on there. I really enjoyed speaking with Ray and AJ, and I wanted to really thank those guys, give them a special thanks. Uh, They really made me feel super pumped up about the game of golf, uh, super pumped up about my podcast and my website, where it's going. 
do me a favor, guys. Please subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on SoundCloud, leave us a review. This is how it helps me grow this thing and helps me grow the game of golf here in San Antonio and South Texas. If you have any questions, anything you want to hear on the show uh, about here, any of course here in San Antonio, uh, hit me up on Instagram, nothing ob golf. Follow me on Facebook. I am Andy Torres on Facebook. The group is Nothing Is Ob South Texas Golf Podcast. Also on Twitter, Nothing Is Ob. Remember, in the game of life, nothing is Ob.